0: Uh, angels ministered to me. I want you to stand up. I want you to stand up. I want you to look now where I believe angels, not the Holy Spirit, but angels. Look at this. Now, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. And how many of you can say that are standing when it happened, it was a defining moment? It was powerful. It was a life changer. All right let me ask a couple more questions. Hang, hang on, Chuck and Judy, hang on. <laughs> How many of you can say it had to do with guidance? If it did, raise your hand, if it had to do with guidance. All right. How about protection? Oh, yeah. All right. Isn't that beautiful? How about the impartation, perhaps, of some kind of a anointing or a gift or a word? Anybody? All right. That's a lot. Look at that. See, I just find this so interesting, because angels are real. Let's, uh, let's all stand together, and we're going to read one verse together, and we're going to pray. This is a great verse, and I hope you're ready to step into the supernatural, because this is a very supernatural topic, and I'm so excited about this series. Let's read Hebrews 13, 2 out loud together, can we? Do not forget to entertain strangers for by so doing some people have entertained angels without knowing it Mm. powerful father we thank you for your word tonight Lord, we just want to understand the things of the spirit we want to understand the workings of God in this earth and we know Lord that this subject of angels is one of them now I pray for divine illumination for a revelation to come to your people so that we can understand those who are sent to strengthen us, protect us, guide us, and even cancel satanic assignments and fight fallen angels on our behalf. And Father, we thank you for opening our eyes in Jesus' name. Now, will you breathe a prayer and say, Lord, speak to me tonight. I receive your word. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, angels. Yeah. Or as Billy Graham would say, angels. <laughs> All right. Now, I want you to notice, um, I put a little quote from John Calvin, and I'm going to try to find a quote every week uh, about this topic from some other, uh, from different people. But notice what he wrote, the angels regard our safety They undertake our defense, they direct our ways, and they exercise a constant solicitude that no evil befalls us. Now, you know that um, David the psalmist wrote one of the most famous psalms, Psalms 91, where he says, he'll give his angels charge over you. They will guard you in all your ways. They'll bear you up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone." I had a lady last Wednesday night when she knew I was going to be talking about this. Are you here? I I haven't seen them. I don't know if they're here or not. There there she is. I hope I relay this accurately. But she was, just recently, she was working on a ladder, high up on a ladder, and and you, you were painting. And suddenly, as she was up here painting, she lost her balance. And she said, in an instant, I felt in my spirit to just let go and so I let go and she said on the way down I felt a hand grab me and buffer me and when I hit I was totally unharmed because something invisible reached out and grabbed me. Now, is that right? And you saw it? You saw? the hand. See, I believe that because here's what we've got to get to, church. The Bible is a supernatural book. And in our day, go into any bookstore, go into Barnes & Noble, anywhere you want to go. Go into the the arena of New Age and supernatural spiritual stuff and you will find volume after volume on satanic activity. Our generation has become keenly aware of spiritual activity that is evil. And I feel like, well, if we're going to be so aware of spiritual activity that is evil, we ought to be very aware and even more aware of spiritual activity that is good. Because all that demon spirits are is fallen angels. That's all they are. They're fallen angels. And so you cannot, you cannot open the pages of the New Testament Without encountering miracles. If you're gonna stumble over a miracle, over the reality of something spiritual, then you're gonna stumble immediately over the, uh, the proclamation from the angel to the shepherds and to Mary that she is going to have a son, though she was a virgin. That the Holy Spirit was going to overshadow her. And that holy thing that was born unto her is the Son of God. If you're gonna have a problem with the supernatural, you're gonna have a real problem with Easter. Because Easter has to do with a dead man being raised from the dead by the Holy Ghost of God, reappearing for 50 days on earth, and then ascending up into heaven to be seated at the right hand of God. If you have a problem with the the miraculous edge or miraculous angle of the Bible, then you're going to have a problem with the angel issue. But here's the deal, and here's what I'm going to show you tonight. There is an unseen world And in that unseen world are angels, cherubims, seraphims, demons, the devil, the Holy Spirit, God the Father, God the Son. They dwell in the invisible spiritual world, the fourth dimension, but it's real. And that world affects you and me every day. There's not a day that that world that we can't see with these eyes does not impact you. There's not a day. Now, I want you to notice the Bible is filled with references to angels. They are involved in protecting God's people, delivering the saints from danger, executing judgment on sinners, orchestrating events at the end of the world, and bringing revelation to believers. As in the case of Mary, the mother of Jesus, who was told by the angel Gabriel about the imminent birth of Christ as were the shepherds who were keeping watch over their flocks by night. They were visited by angels. The word angel is taken from a Greek word, and it sounds out like this, angelos. That's the Greek word for angel, angelos. And it means to bring tidings. It means a messenger, angelos, angel. So, angels are messengers. Angels, like men, we need to understand, were created by God. They are created. At one time, there were no angels. There was nothing but the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's all that there was. The Godhead inhabiting eternity. Then God created angels. Now, look what the Bible says. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are in earth visible and what invisible Invisible. now there's the Bible telling us that there that in God's creation there were things visible to the eye and things invisible to the human eye but that doesn't mean they're not real they're just invisible to the human eye angels are in that invisible category Now this should not throw us. God created the human eye with limited capacity. The eye was designed to enable us to function on earth in the realm of the senses. That's why God gave us the eye. It's the only reason. So we could function in the realm of the senses. God designed the owl to see at night. Not you, not like the owl. He created the eye of the owl to be able to see at night. The bat has a built-in radar system. You know, I used to live in the country and I used to just go out at night and I could I had a flashlight that when you turn the switch the opposite way from uh, what you were supposed to do, to turn it on, it clicked. Now all I had to do was go out there and click it a few times and here would come these bats. I was a cr- critter kid. I, I loved all critters and I was cur- curious about them. And, and it used to fascinate me how they were so incredibly able to feel and perceive vibrations of sound from far away that were not that strong. Click, click, click. Boop, 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 boop. God gave them that. He didn't give it to you. The older you get, the more your house sounds like this. Say what? What? Huh? I know I've got, a, I've got some friends, an older couple. They, they literally, they said, we're about to buy bullhorns. Hey! (laughs) Just to talk to each other. See, God did not give us that kind of hearing that he gave the bat. And you know, you gotta marvel at the eagle. The eagle, eagle can spot a mouse running through grass from a mile high. God gave him that. The Bible teaches that it's actually the invisible spirit world that is eternal the chair you're sitting in, this building, it's all going to burn with a fiery heat. It's going to melt. But not the things of the Spirit. The unseen world is forever. Your soul is forever. The angels are forever. Look what the Bible says. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Hence, the Bible teaches that we human beings in regard to the things of the spirit, we walk by faith, not by sight, because there are some things your sight cannot see. Unless the angel or God chooses to open your eyes and let you see into that spirit world, which the Bible has examples of, but unless unless the angel chooses to manifest himself where you can see him or God opens your eyes, you cannot see the things of the unseen world. But that doesn't mean they're not there. Angels exist in a very different dimension from ours. They possess higher knowledge, power, and mobility than we. They're not subject to laws like gravity, time, and space. And I believe in heaven, neither will we. In heaven, in the world that is coming, we will think and we will be there. Because distance and travel are subject to time and space. If if I'm going to go from here to Los Angeles, I can be be in the fastest jet in the world, but I've still got to, to, to traverse the distance being subject to time. But there is no time in eternity. There is no distance in eternity. You think and you are there. And that's the way the angels are right now. They think and they are there. There will not be an energy crisis in heaven. We will not be looking for alternate forms of fuel. I could say something about global warming, but I won't. Now look at this. Angels are mentioned some 300 times in the Bible. They can likely be numbered in the millions since Hebrews 12, mentions an innumerable, uncountable company of angels. The Bible teaches that for every angel that fell, and I'm going to talk about this in a couple of weeks, the fallen angels, for every angel that fell in Lucifer's rebellion, two angels did not. A third of heaven rebelled against God according to the prophets so for every demon attacking me there's two angels for me I mean we and not to mention God the Father the Son and the Holy Ghost so if you're a believer and you're covered in the blood and you're a child of God the odds are in your favor no wonder it says if God be for us who can be against us for every demon that tries to attack you two angels and the Godhead are on your side You know, it's interesting what the Bible says if you dig. David numbered 20,000 angels coursing through the skyways of the stars. Psalm 68, 17 says the chariots of God are 20,000, even thousands of angels. I believe if God had mercy on us right now and opened our eyes, we would be like Elijah and his little servant Gehazi, who saw them surrounded. Gehazi got up early in the morning and looked out and they were surrounded by the enemy. He ran in and told uh, the prophet, said, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're surrounded. And he said, Lord, open his eyes. And it says his eyes were opened and he saw an innumerable company of chariots and fiery angels surrounding the city. Then the prophet made the famous statement, more are those that are with us than those that are with them. So if our eyes could be open right now, I believe we would see some angels. They fill the fourth dimension with activity and things that we'll never know have been done. Angels, the Bible says, are ageless. They're eternal, and they're not subject to the aging process. They never change. And when it comes to visible appearances by angels, very rare, yet they're very real. The Bible suggests that angels have the ability to change their appearance. That's what the Bible says. We read this at the beginning, but it's so powerful I wanted to read it again. Don't forget to entertain strangers. For by so doing, some people have entertained angels without knowing that. What is that suggesting? It is suggesting that... Yes, can I help you? Man, I've been walking a long way. Now, in our day, you got to use a lot of wisdom. Just let me kind of go with this for a minute. In their day, there were times that there was a knock on the door, and they answered it, and somebody had a need. And the writer of Hebrews is telling us, some people have let this person in and fed them, and then when they left they never knew that it was an angel who had changed appearance and taken on a human form to test them. That's what it says. That's what it says. Again, somebody comes knocking on your door. (laughs) Pray before you open it. (laughs) Be careful. Use wisdom. They're able to move at warp speed, unhampered by the hindrances of distance encountered by humans. Daniel testified that an angel who appeared to him was, quote, caused to fly swiftly, reaching him about the time of the evening offering. Like I said, they think and they are there. They are not subject to time and space and distance like you and me. These supernatural beings can be in China When they think of China, when they're sent to China, when God says, go, they're there. Angels are ministering spirits. That's what the Bible says. Not possessing bodies like ours, although they can take on the form of physical bodies, as we just mentioned, when God sends them on a special task. If demonic activity has increased in our day, then surely so has the ministry of angels. For where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. If you are a Christian, I'm going to tell you, I believe this. If you can expect to be accompanied by angels at different times in your life. How many of you know, if it had not been for the intervention of an angel, you may not be here right now. I can say it, I can say it, and if God lets me, if God allows me, if He gives me permission, I want to share with you before this series is over um, an experience that I had with angels. I've never told a church group, I've only told individuals, if He lets me, if He doesn't, I'm not going to do it, but if He lets me, I will. It was a life changer, the most real thing spiritually I've ever experienced aside from The baptism in the Holy Spirit of God. Angels are awe-inspiring. When Moses received the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai, angels came down to confirm God's holy presence. An earthquake shook the mountain. So powerful was their presence. In the billowing clouds that covered Mount Sinai, an angelic trumpeter announced the presence of God. Fear mixed with awe gripped the people below as these angels descended as Moses received the commandments. God was accompanied with thousands of angels, the Bible tells us. God was accompanied with thousands of angels. The Bible records, and so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake in the presence of these angels. John the Revelator, boy, you want to read about angels, read the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation, some of the key characters in the whole book is angels. Angels are so involved. John the Revelator tells us of 10,000 times 10,000 angels ministering to the Lamb of God in the throne room of the universe. Can you imagine if we could step into the throne room of God right now in heaven, if we could, what would we see? We would see countless angels worshiping Jehovah God, worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ. And let me tell you something. You'd never return if you saw it. You'd never return. Angels fill the universe. Angels are active on planet earth as we speak. And angels fill heaven. And they worship the Lamb. Armies of angels shall appear with Jesus at the battle of Armageddon. When God's enemies suffer their final defeat, the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. When Jesus comes to stop the greatest war in the history of mankind, the battle of Armageddon, the war in the valley of Megiddo, when he comes to stop it, because he said, if I don't stop it, no flesh would be saved, he'll be accompanied by thousands of God's holy, mighty angels. I read about a missionary just last week who was in a communist country and the Holy Spirit had told him to give away Bibles. So he went out on the streets and he said well Lord here goes because I've been to communist countries. I've been to Shanghai, China uh, and I can tell you that when you're in a communist country there is an oppression that sits over that thing. And he said he went out there and in obedience to the Holy Spirit began to give away these Bibles. And after a few days of doing this he was approached by a man Who said, are you giving away Bibles? And he said, yes, I am. And he thought, this is it. I'm going to be arrested. And he said, I'm giving away Bibles. I sure am. And I really wanted people to have the Word of God. And and the man said, well, why are you every day surrounded by soldiers? And he said, I'm not surrounded by soldiers. I'm alone. He said, no, we've been watching you from a distance. And every day you have been surrounded by soldiers. And that's why we have not Arrested you. And he said, I have no soldiers. But what they were is angels who manifested to protect the man. He'll give his angels charge over you a charge. It says in Matthew, at the end of the age, it is the angels who will gather God's people and escort them to paradise. Jesus said, and he will send forth his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to another. Angels will be whisking away God's people when Jesus comes again. From the opening pages of Scripture, folks, angels are found playing a part in the unfolding drama of man we find angels in the very beginning of creation guarding the gates to the glory of Eden from a fallen Adam and Eve holding the Bible says quote a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way the tree of life once Adam and Eve fell they were they were cast out of the garden God posted an angel at the entrance to the garden of Eden and he held a flaming sword and they could not go past him lest they ate of the tree of life and his plan of redemption through Christ would have been thwarted scripture reveals are you ready that angels speak they appear and reappear and you know I found in the Word of God they're emotional creatures Jesus said that there is joy in the presence of the angels of God when one sinner repents. Just one. That's why I love to have services where I know angels are rejoicing. If one person is saved in the unseen world, they are rejoicing. They are worshipers of God. Luke 2.13 records, suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts. And what were they doing, everybody? Praising God. So when you worship the Lord, you're just doing what the angels do. Amen? Now they experience curiosity. Did you know that? Speaking of the recipients of salvation, Peter said that, quote, even angels long to look into these things. They're curious about what has happened to you and me. Amen? And I got to tell you, angels are not harmless, will-o'-the-wisps, floating on clouds, and playing celestial harps. These people who say that an angel visited them and they danced with with an angel in the living room, let me tell you, that person had too much pizza the night before. They did not see a real angel. And I'm going to prove it to you because you don't dance with an angel. When an angel appears, I want you to look at this now. Uh, They are mighty fantastic beings, wielding incredible power. When Daniel saw an angel, he didn't say, hey, how's the weather? He fell to the ground and went into a trance-like state. The angel that he saw, here's what he looked like. He looked like a bolt of lightning. His eyes were like torches of fire. Folks, stop a minute and just think. When was the last time you saw lightning flash across the sky? a real bolt of some serious lightning, how it's awe-inspiring, it shocks you, you're glad you're a distance away from it. Over and over again in the Word of God, when someone sees an angel, they always describe it, it looks like a flash or a bolt of lightning. A seriously powerful creature. His eyes, Daniel said, were like torches of fire looked straight through you, burned a hole through you. Daniel lost all of his strength. He testified, saying, no strength remained in me, for my vigor was turned to frailty in me, and I retained no strength. He went like a limp rag. He fell to the ground, and the angel had to pick him up and say, don't be afraid, you will not die. General William Booth founder of the Salvation Army tells of a vision of angelic beings stating that every angel was surrounded with an aura of rainbow light so brilliant that were it not withheld, no being could withstand the sight of it. The angel that rolled the stone away from the tomb of Jesus was dressed in white and shone as a flash of lightning with dazzling brilliance. These are powerful creatures, folks. The keepers of the tomb who saw these angels shook and became like dead men. And although the stone at Jesus' tomb was far too heavy for even one man to move, the angel of God flicked it away, flicked it out of the way. Because they are huge, massive, powerful, brilliant creatures whose strength so far surpasses ours we can't even imagine. Both Daniel and John described the glories of the angels as they descended from heaven with incomparable beauty and brilliance, shining like the sun. Now, i got to say something here. I want to just make a distinction because of those of us who read the Old Testament. The appearance of angels is not to be confused with the appearances of Jesus in the Old Testament prior to being born as a man. Do you know that he did that? Jesus appeared in the Old Testament prior to being incarnated. Do you know that? Now, in theology, we call this a theophany. Can you say that with me? A theophany. Let's… One, two, three. A theophany. A theophany is simply when Jesus Christ, before he was born a man, appeared in the Old Testament. That's a theophany. I'll give you an example. Uh, It's likely that the three men who visited Abraham before Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed was actually the triune God and not angels. Uh, Read Genesis 18, and it's pretty clear Abraham calls these men Lord. The famous fourth man who joined Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the burning fiery furnace remember him? was likely Jesus Christ in a pre incarnation appearance. Even wicked Nebuchadnezzar described him such. He said, quote, the form he was looking down into that oven and he saw the fourth man and here's how he described him. The form of the fourth man is like who, everybody? Is like the son of God. Jesus was down there with his kids, keeping them from being roasted alive. And all that came off of them was the ropes that had bound them were burned off of them, and they were having a, a, a Holy Ghost benefit down there in the fire with the preincarnate Jesus visiting them. Amen. 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 Praise God. The Scripture is clear that we're to avoid the worship of angels. Don't worship them. Paul commanded that we ought never worship the creature rather than the Creator. Colossians says, can you read this with me? Let no one cheat you out of your reward, taking delight in worship of angels. They're there and they're real, but you know what, church? I believe the reason God lets them be invisible, if we could see them, we'd worship them. Because they're so incredible. So he says, don't do it. And you know what? We're not to pray to angels either. Jesus taught us to go to the Father in his name and never taught us to pray to angels. If an angel tells you something, and that's extremely rare, and check it out with spiritual people if you think an angel talked to you. But we're not to pray to them. We're not to bow down and worship them. We're not to request that they appear to us. They are sent by God with a task. Angels are very different, and not to be confused with the Holy Spirit unlike the Holy Spirit angels do not indwell us they don't they're not gods and they do not have the characteristics of the Godhead though they're much more powerful than men they're not omnipotent or omnipresent as is the Holy Spirit An angel can only be in one place at one time and I got good news for you so can the devil The devil is not omnipresent. He can only be in one place at one time, and he's not omnipotent. He's not all-powerful. The all-powerful everywhere at once one is Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. He's everywhere at once. It says the eyes of the Lord are everywhere, beholding the evil and the good. He is seeing everything that happens all at once on planet Earth. He takes it all in in a blink, but not an angel. Angels are ministering spirits. Ministering means beneficent. And the same word is used for a public servant. They are under the command of Christ and they're sent to us by Christ as servants. They're serving the Lord. He tells angels to go and they go. Return and they return. I've been in meetings where people started commanding angels. Oh, I tell you, I look for the exit door when I see that. That's getting too big for your britches, charismatics. I command this angel. You don't command an angel. Hello. Yeah, I do. Well, you think you do, but I'm here tonight to tell you, you're deceived. Only Jesus commands the angels. And if he commands one to come and minister to you, just say, Jesus, thank you. Let the angel do what he came to do. But you don't command angels, and you don't command God. Come on, y'all. Uh-uh. That's dangerous territory. As at the beginning of the world, angels play a huge part at the end of the age, and I want us to see this before we close tonight. Angels are heavily involved in the unfolding events revealed in the book of Revelation. And I'm going to do a series on the book of Revelation when we get into our new building. I'm going to take us through Revelation uh, because I think we're so close now and so many things have happened since last time I taught it. I didn't know Revelations could be taught. If it couldn't be taught, why is it in there? It is angels who sound out the seven trumpets of doom, pour out the seven bowls of wrath, and release God's fierce judgments upon the earth. It is even an angel who hurls Satan and his cohorts into the bottomless pit. It is an angel. Can you say with me? Angels are real. Though normally unseen, they are created by God and are intricately involved in the world, executing God's plan and watching over his saints. And next time I'm going to share with you how they're organized because they have a hierarchy and they're organized. And so is the enemy, and we're going to see that. So we're going to move from this into the reality of spiritual warfare and the part that angels play. So anyway, let's stand tonight, can we? How many of you can say, I don't worship them, but I'm sure thankful knowing they're around. hmm How many of you have needed a skinny angel every once in a while? You know what I mean? It was just a, just, if an angel hadn't been there, you'd have been dead. How many of you needed two or three from time to time? We're, we're talking about serious spiritual beings who, thank God, are sent to those who are to be heirs of salvation. Are you an heir of salvation? let's lift our hands and thank God for the ministry of angels. Lord, we thank you for this introduction to angels tonight, the reality of angels. We know, Lord, that when we pray and intercede, that angels are dispatched into situations by the command of Jesus Christ, and they war on our behalf. And Lord, we ask you to pour out your spirit of revival and dispatch warring angels to cancel satanic assignments sent against your people and sent against this city and Lord that there will be a revival and we will minister in clear spiritual air because of the ministry of angels thank you for the times that Lord you have sent them and they have delivered us protected us, guided us, prevented us from making fatal errors, have borne us up in their hands lest we come to great damage. We thank you, Lord God, for their ministry. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord.